Lord is good. Amen. Do you know that, uh, that God knew what he was getting into when he decided to have a family? Do you know that he knew what he was getting into when he sent Jesus to redeem sometimes the worst of the worst? You know, he wasn't, surprised, he wasn't surprised by, uh, by anything. I don't know, have you ever been surprised by someone when they told you what happened to them or what they did or something like that? And you thought, whoa, you might need a specialist. <laughs> you know, <laughs> maybe you have. <laughs> the Lord never has been surprised. Yeah, he, he knew going into this thing that he was going to end up with you and me. He knew. And so, chill. I mean, seriously, it was like his decision. And even after Jesus died and paid for the sins of the world and, you know, our redemption, it was still God's Spirit that tugged on our hearts, on yours. <laughs> he still knew what he was getting into. It wasn't like, oops, I chunk, I redeemed them all. Uh, no, I mean, because, you know, we still had to receive that. And so, uh, yeah, he paid the price for all. And then his spirit still went to work saying, I like you. I like you. <laughs> he still said, and his Holy Spirit went, uh, 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 uh. right? And he sent someone along the way to talk to each and every one of us. Someone shared the gospel with us whether it was a parent, a friend, a preacher, a whatever, you know. He sent someone to influence us. Why? He wanted us. You know, you mean even with how messed up sometimes we are? Yeah, even, even knowing that. Even though he knew, I mean, because he can look into the future, right? Even though he knew that some of us, after we accepted him and got washed and clean, well, we'd do some pretty stupid things. <laughs> I mean, like after salvation. And some, sometimes people feel, you know, bad about that. But welcome to the club. Because, you, you know, you hear, the, you hear the person who gives the testimony about how rotten they were before Christ. And then the Lord saved them. And you kind of get the impression that from that moment on, they were perfect. And you think, that's an amazing testimony. But my testimony is messed up. Because I got saved and then I did stupid stuff. You know, when I was not supposed to anymore. <laughs> you're not the only one who did that, by the way. Huh? In fact, if you're the one who didn't do that, I want to meet you. Because <laughs> you're awesome. <laughs> I want to know the secret recipe. Yeah? Here's the deal. God knew what he was getting into. Amen. And even as, and I'm not calling anyone else up, at least not now for this, but anything. Uh, but even... Uh, even as I'm standing up here, I heard the word crime. And I heard other things earlier, but I, I'm not going to tell, tell you everything. And so, you know, it's one thing for us to say sin, because sin can be everything from I was rude to someone to, uh, you know, Hitler. <laughs> you know, and anywhere in between. But sometimes people carry extra uh, extra burden in their life because what they did was not only sinful against God, it was also illegal. And then they feel like an outcast. And God knew what he was getting into when he, when he wanted you. 
and he still wants you. Yeah? Even if, even if that is descriptive of your life and your situation, and he still wants you too. Amen. What this ought to do is no one, no, none of us are allowed to go out of here feeling like a rascal or feeling bad. It should put a smile on every one of our faces. Remember when Jesus taught and he, he, he made that statement that those who are forgiven much, love much, the more that we know how much he has forgiven us, shown us his mercy and kindness, it should just draw us back to him and say, thank you, Lord. For all eternity, I'll be thankful for his love shown towards me. Amen? Praise God. The Lord is good. Thank you, Lord. I know it's a little different, different atmosphere in here tonight, but it's at the same time very similar, same spirit. I can, you know, there's a real presence. And, you know, when I, I, I just prayed that a minute ago, but, I, you know, it was a, a, kind of like a, a, a flash of a picture of like waves coming in. I said wave after wave, wave after wave, you know, like the glory of the Lord just keeps coming in. And sometimes that's real, sometimes that's, in a, that's real tangible and you can always, you can perceive it. Uh, nevertheless, whether you do or not, know that the Lord works towards us this way. He works towards us more and more, again and again. Why? Well, because I, I under, we understand salvation is instant. Just like that, you're born again. The moment you confess the Lordship of Jesus in your life, you're saved, right? And you can't get any more saved than that. <laughs> you know, there's not levels of salvation. You're either in the family or you're not. You're either forgiven or you're not, Right? And so salvation is instant. But the rest of us, the rest of our being, meaning we're, we are still a work in progress. A lot of that is in the soul realm. You know what I mean? That means we've got, we need wave after wave after wave. We need the glory of the Lord to impact us and hit us again and hit us again and hit us again and hit us again. Say, so I, I, I've been a Christian for a while and I feel like I still need work. Welcome to the club. You pro- you're right, you do. <laughs> but stay in the ocean there. Let the, wait for the next wave to come in. You know? In other words, enjoy the glory of the Lord as it comes across you, as, it, as His Spirit moves, because He'll continue to work on you. Amen. And sometimes that washing and cleansing is not necessarily spiritual because you've been forgiven of, of you know, sin unto death and so forth that would keep you away from God. But it's, but it's in the soulish realm. And sometimes, like we talked about tonight a little bit, in the emotional realm, right? And so we let Him work in us. Let Him work in us. Oh, and He's doing it. I tell you tonight, there's some real, uh, there's some real healing taking place. Praise God. God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Just working in us. Amen. Amen. Don't feel bad about needing it either. You ever, you ever feel guilty about feeling guilty? <laughs> you feel condemned, and then you feel condemned for being condemned? Because you read Romans 8, and you say, I'm not supposed to have this. This condemnation stuff, and so you start feeling bad about feeling bad. Well, you know, that's... That can be a trick of the enemy. You know, as Keith Moore used to say, when, when you, if, you're taking, if you're hitting yourself over the, you know, you're hitting yourself with a stick, you know, I forget how he said it, but something like the, the devil will say, here, use this. I'll give you something bigger. <laughs> you remember him saying that, something like that? Did I tell that? I didn't tell that right, did I? Close enough? 
He'll give you something bigger to hit yourself with. Amen. God is good. Father, we thank you for working in this service tonight. I thank you for, for your love, that you love each and every one of us. And you love those who have been harmed. You love those who have been hurt. And I thank you for your healing power that releases them tonight into their future. They'll never be the same again. Father, for even those who have done, uh, well, we've all done bad things, but those who are deep struggling with things that they have done, even illegal things, I thank you that you bring them up and restore them back to health in every way. Tonight, work in them. Show them your great love. I pray, show them your great love. In Jesus' name, praise God. Amen. Amen. Well, the Lord is good. You guys have anything you need to do? All right, go ahead. And uh, just wanted to share. I was just worshiping God, and I saw a picture of uh, of Jesus on the cross. And you know, we've seen movies, Jesus on the cross. What that's like. I don't think we really get it. I don't think we really can picture it or imagine it. Um, you know, there's, I don't know if you've ever accidentally watched something that was like real gore, like you saw real gore, like heads blown up or people's guts laying out, and how it makes you sick when you see that. That's what I got when I looked at him. Like just like, it just made me sick on the inside because of how gory it was, how, how completely destroyed his body was. Completely destroyed. And then, then I heard on the inside him say, people did stuff to me too. People did stuff to me too. And if you're struggling with what people have done to you, he did it to him too. And, he, and then if you could look at him now, and if you could look at how whole he is now, how perfect he is now, and he said, that's what I did, did for you too. That's what I did for you. Made you just like me, restored, better than you were before, completely healed. It was just, man... Christ crucified. If we, under, if we could only see it for what it really is and then know what it's like to be resurrected into glory, into healing, into, into life, real life, God's life. Amen. That's all I want to share. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Well, God's good. Let me just see what happens from here. Just share a couple of things. We'll see what the Lord does. If you're new with us on Wednesday night, we're so glad you're here. And, uh, and um, we want God to show himself to you. And if you're old here, too. <laughs> I just want everyone to know him, the power of his spirit and his amazing love, and have a great relationship with him. And, 
and go to heaven <laughs> when we're done. Uh, not quite yet. And uh, we're so glad you're here. In fact, on the way out tonight, we do have a special gift for you. We'd love to give that to you out in the lobby. And uh, that'll be great. But even more than the natural gift, I want you to receive spiritual gifts from God so you're never the same again. And uh, the way we do these services on Wednesday nights, we call them believers meetings because they're designed uh, with the intention of believers, Christians, who want to go further. They want to they wade around in the deep, launch out into the deep, and, uh, and experience God and know Him. And, and just, uh, we don't have a set agenda or a plan to, you know, where it's super structured. If that feels awkward to you, listen, that's not my personality either. I, I like structure. <laughs> I like first do this and give me a, you know. When I was a kid, we went to some dead church, but... Uh, <laughs> But it was all printed out in the bulletin. Not to say that, I'm not saying that's sinful or anything like that, but it was all, first do this, then this, and then sing this hymn number, and then this, and then this. And, uh, and we would do that. And so that would help me kind of check things off because it was, <laughs> it lasted forever. <laughs> uh, and uh, anyway, I, I, I'm not that structured where I want to do it like that, but uh, I understand. But in this kind of service, here's my point. This kind of service, uh, we just come in here really without, you know, unless the Lord gives us one, we come out without a message, without a real distinct plan. It's just we're just going to spend time with the Lord and let Him work, all right? And did, we, did I know any of this was going to happen? Sometimes I know in advance, but tonight I didn't know any of this was that we, anything, Everything that's happened so far other than I figured they would sing somewhere. <laughs> but that's not even a guarantee. I figured that one, but other than that, I haven't known anything that was going to happen tonight. And uh, we didn't plan it. We're just, again, God's got a plan, and I believe that. I'm totally convinced that whenever we come into these services, He has a plan. He's got something in mind. He knows who's going to be here. He knows who's going to, He knows what they need, whether it's built up, whether it's slapped around, <laughs> you know, in a good way, yet whether it's, you know, let's stir it up or whatever, whatever it is we need. He knows. And so we just follow His Spirit and listen to Him, and, and He helps us. Amen? If we were to end right now, I'd be okay with it. All right? I'm, I'm built edified, stirred up. Praise God. But I think I'll share a couple things. I think. <laughs> and uh, have you ever... I didn't plan this either, but you know how sometimes people will say, uh, time heals? Uh, I can see that... To a degree, I mean, certainly, sometimes you can see how some things are better over time. Um, sometimes, though, have, have you experienced this where it's like 10 years later and 20 years later and 30 years later, and it's still there? It's like, man, how much time does it take? You know, a lot of times people carry things for a very, very long time. And so, although I don't, I'm not dismissing that completely. Um, at the same time, I think a better approach is the Lord heals. He's our answer. He's our help. And if we look to Him, we win. If we don't, we're very apt to be in the same position in a year or in 10 or longer, right? We very much could be in that same position. We might have adjusted our life to adapt to the problem or adapt to the pain, or adapt to the bondage, 
but we're still carriers of it. And I'm not interested in being, being that. Not with all Jesus went through. Not with everything he paid and all that he suffered. And then I'm suffering again when he was my substitute. He suffered for me and now I'm suffering again. What a waste of money. You know what I mean? What a waste of payment. If he paid for it, I should walk free. And I should have something stirred up inside of me that is determined. That says, bless God, I will not live in bondage. I will not live with this pain. I will not continue to suffer with that same thing that Jesus suffered as a substitute for me. Amen. And sometimes there's got to be a growl on the inside <laughs> that says, I will not have that, Mr. Devil. You're not going to be able to dominate and run, rule my life any longer. I will not live in fear. I will not live with this pain. I will not live with this bondage. I will absolutely walk free. Amen. Hallelujah. We can, you guys, and we must have that kind of faith. We must have that kind of conviction. That says that Jesus purchased it. Bless God, I am certainly not going to hell. Absolutely not. I refuse. Why? Because Jesus purchased my redemption, my salvation, and my eternity. So I'm not going, no matter who tries to talk me into it. <laughs> Why? Well, the price has been paid. And like, likewise, it is with, with other areas of our lives. Amen. Do you have your Bible with you? Can I show you just a couple things? Won't take long. Won't won't hurt too much. Uh, look over at uh, First uh, Chronicles, Second Chronicles, chapter thirteen. Second Chronicles, the thirteenth chapter. And notice with me over here. Mm. First, uh, well, let, let me, uh, sorry, just give me a moment. I'm waiting for you to get there. <laughs> uh, you know, if you know at all about Israel's history, you know, there were the, the tribe, the different tribes of Israel, and, and they, they were divided, and Judah was left alone compared to the other tribes of Israel, and so they, were, they had civil problems. <laughs> they, they, they were broken up, and so they became two kingdoms, and then sometimes they fought, and they were against each other, and this is, this is during those times. Um, and so they went to battle against one another and so forth. I just want to show you this principle. Uh, so, okay, I found it. Second Chronicles thirteen eighteen. Thus the children of Israel were subdued at that time, and the children of Judah prevailed. So it was Judah against all the other tribes. Ch children of Judah prevailed, look, because they relied on the Lord God of their fathers. That's pretty simple. That's pretty easy math right there. Why did they prevail? Because they relied on the Lord. You could say the opposite. Why did Israel lose? Because they didn't. All right? 
this, this is real life. I mean, too often we can, we can rely on very natural things and, and just rely upon our own ingenuity, our own efforts, our own work eth- effort, our uh, ethic, our own uh, education, our own knowledge, our own past. Rely on the Lord. Or we rely, like I said, or, you know, we just rely on the clock, rely on time. Well, time will heal. Well, the Lord will heal. If you rely on Him... I know that seems elementary, but that's some of the points we often miss. You rely on Him, you will prevail. Look over at, at uh, chapter 16. Chapter 16. Uh, skip down there, verse 7. This is when Asa is king. At the time, at the, and at that time, verse 7, Hanani the seer came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, Because you have relied on the king of Syria and have not relied on the Lord your God, therefore the army of the king of Syria has escaped from your hand. Why did they escape? Because he relied on man, not the Lord. Verse 8, uh, were the Ethiopians and the Lubin not a huge army with very many chariots? Stop there for a moment. Let me go back the previous, the previous battle that we didn't read the context. Israel, if I'm remembering correctly, you can check, your, check my math. They brought 800,000 select soldiers, men of war. Judah brought 400,000 and won. See, that math doesn't quite work out. That's where, we, that's where I go to. Sometimes we think, well, I've got this, this, and this. I'm okay. Or we've, done, we've looked at our bank account. Okay, I've got this, this, and this. Yeah, everything's going to be fine. Sometimes we've got things in order naturally, but we're not looking to the Lord for direction. If you can do the math and you've got it figured out and you've, everything's going to work out, don't stop seeking the Lord in that situation. That's the time to seek the Lord. Uh, sometimes one of our failures, one of our faults, is we only seek the Lord when we're in trouble, when the math doesn't work out. Pull out the calculator again. Nope. Nope, nope. They're coming to get the car. <laughs> or, oh, yeah, looking good. Everything's fine. Got a little surplus. Everything's fine. And so uh, we're, we're, we're just looking at natural things, and that determines how spiritual we are. You know this. Some people, they don't go to church unless they're in trouble. When everything's fine and everything's pretty decent at home and the job's clicking and the bills are paid, they take more vacations on Sunday. They do. Nothing wrong with the vacation, but there's, sometimes there's something wrong. In other words, the point is they, they just quick to put God on the back shelf. Back seat, I guess. Shelf is a different analogy. Back seat. All of a sudden, they got time, and they're out doing all their thing. But when things aren't going so well, then they're back to the Lord. Stop that. We know, we know better than that. Amen. And then something, then people blame it on the Lord. After, after they lose everything, well, then the Lord took it all away from me, so I'd look to Him. No, He didn't take it away from you. You just didn't have anything else to look at at that point. 
You know, I mean, first I was, I, I was in the hospital, lying on my back, and I finally looked to the Lord. Thank God you did, and He will answer you in that place. But He would rather you look to Him outside of the hospital or going in there praying for someone else, you know. Finally, when I hit rock bottom and I was broke and I lost this and I lost this, then I turned to the Lord. Thank God you did. And most of us, you know, have done things like that in our lives. Doesn't mean we have to. Doesn't mean it's the best route. Praise God. So next time you feel at the top of your game, maybe that's right now, you know, things are clicking. Things are going pretty good. You're feeling good. And things are not so bad in life. And, and uh, things are going well. What should you do? Now press in and go further and, and take some territory. Now make some ground. We're not just battling. We're not just living life to get up to zero where everything's okay. I don't want to live okay. I want to be better than okay. And so when everything's fine, now pray a little bit more. Now volunteer in the, on the dream team. Now give more than you normally give. Huh? I, I know years ago, kind of a unrelated, but it makes me think of it. Uh, it, years ago, I was on a trip with a, uh, on a missions trip down in Mexico, and uh, we had been ministering in different villages, going from place to place. And throughout the day, it was a long day, and it was late at night, and it was dark, and 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 we had got done ministering in this this village with our team, and and by the end of that, I, honestly, uh, my head was pounding. You ever had a pounding headache? Boom. Boom. But it was just hurting. And that doesn't make any sense at all. Here, I'm doing the work of the Lord. My head hurts. It's like, grr. And it was. It was grr. And, uh, and I didn't have anything, any natural thing to kick back on. And thank you, Lord, I didn't in that situation. You know, in other words, no drugs around. And uh, looking back, I'm like, I'm totally thankful that it wasn't. Anyway, we're, I'm driving. I'm driving the van. We're going back to where we were staying. And, and, you know, I, it's this 15-passenger van. It's full of people that are yakking and talking and, and doing different things. I'm up there in the front, and I've got this, I forget, but maybe an hour or two drive in front of us, and my head's going, whoom, whoom, whoom. I'm like, ah. So I just said, thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And I just began to sing quietly, you know, to the Lord and just thank Him, Lord, thank you that you're my healer. Thank you. And I just, I don't remember exactly what I said. It was quite a few years ago. And uh, exactly what I was saying. But I just, I just stayed on it. I thought, I thought I'm going to be on the road here and this hurts. I know the answer. I know he's the answer and I know what to do. So here we go. And I just, before you knew it, I was lost in that. And I don't know how long it took. It wasn't just a minute or two, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but I don't know how long it took. But I got to this place and all of a sudden, I'm going, thank you, Lord. Well, I was saying that ahead of time, but thank you, Lord. And it not, not only was gone, not only was that headache gone, it so impressed me because I went past zero. I didn't go from whatever it was, minus 10, back up to healed. I went somewhere past healed. I don't know if that makes any sense. That might sound crazy to you, but I remember thinking, oh, thank you, Lord. Glory to God. I felt better than good. I did. No drugs involved. <laughs> I'm driving. 
But I felt better than healed. I thought, thank you, Lord. This is good. And I've had that at different times where it seems like I went past good. I believe that's the will of the Lord. Instead of just trying to get to, well, we're surviving. If I can hold it right here, I'm going to make heaven. (laughs) Go past. Jesus called it abundant life. Amen. And so the prophet said, what did he say? He said, were the Ethiopians in the Lubin, verse 8, 2 Chronicles 16, uh, in the Lubin, not a huge army with very many chariots and horsemen, yet because you relied on the Lord, He delivered them into your hand. Why did He deliver them into their hand? Because they relied on Him. We have choices constantly who we're going to rely on, who we're going to look to. I had this happen to me. I did this. I have this problem. I have this issue. I have this challenge. I have this vision. I have this desire. Who am I going to look to to bring it to pass? And we need to look to Him. Look at the next verse, verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to Him. Then he said, you have done this, had to handle this situation foolishly. But notice who the Lord called loyal. Whose heart is loyal to Him? Those who look to Him even in impossible situations. When they are outmanned and outgunned and outnumbered, and they say, Lord, You are my strength, and You are my shield, and You are my helper, and You are my victory, and I believe You're big enough, You're strong enough, and You're for me and not against me. I'm looking to You, Lord, and we are going to overcome. The Lord calls that person loyal. Who's the disloyal person? The one who looks to the Syrians. The one who says, oh, this is a problem. I'm going to need some help of the ungodly people. Now watch, there's a, if, you, if we go on, there's a p- passage here that sometimes people uh, misunderstand, but th- that became a pattern in Asa's life. Asa, this king, he was king for many years. Uh, it became a pattern in his life where he'd run into trouble and he'd not turn to the Lord when he ran into trouble. It became a habit when, when he was going to battle with the nation. What happened after that, it says in, in verse uh, 12, in the 39th year of his reign, Asa became diseased in his feet, and his, his malady was severe. Yet in his, his, his disease, he did not seek the Lord, but the physicians. That's interesting. Interesting that when the pattern he had set with going to human beings for his solution, for his answer, for his help in battle, when he suffered physically, he also didn't seek the Lord. It's like, Seriously, dude, wake up. The prophet came and gave you a word. You seek the Lord and he'll put you over the top. And he ended up dying as a result of not seeking the Lord. And again, God called that loyalty. Loyalty. There's a whole message there all, all in and of itself. Look over at uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Got a couple more minutes? Everybody Okay. Not too painful yet? The Lord wants to help us so much. 
So we try to think, we renew our minds to think like Him. I don't want to read this whole thing because I'll take another hour teaching it and it'll be fun for me, but I just want it to be fun for you too. Uh, some of you know the story. If you don't, you can read it. Uh, but this is in this, this, this passage is where uh, Paul, okay, Paul wrote a lot of the New Testament, the apostle. Paul, it said, he, he said there was given to him a thorn in the flesh and he said that was the devil messenger of Satan sent to buffet him. So he's going around preaching. God's doing amazing things, mighty things, healings, miracles, salvations, great demonstrations of God's power, and the devil was ticked off. So he tried to stop him. All right, so the devil would go up and stir up trouble wherever he went, and people would have riots, and, and, all, and you know, Paul's getting beat up and shipwrecked and all, all the above, just all, all kinds of bad things are happening. This devil was uh, giving him problems. And, uh, and so Paul started praying about it, which makes sense <laughs> in, that, in that regard. He, he, he started praying about it because it wasn't fun. I mean, how many beatings do you need until you think, this is not fun? Uh, and if you know the story, then it says he prayed about it three times, and the Lord spoke to him and, and told him, uh, I didn't even need to have you turn there, I guess, but he said in verse 9, he said, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. Uh, we, know, uh, we know from Scripture that God gives grace to the humble, James 4, 6, right? He gives grace to the humble. So, so Paul uh, was walking in humility, and God was saying, use my grace, basically. If I could rephrase this. He's saying, my grace is available to you. Use it. Use my grace to overcome this situation. This wasn't salvation grace, by the way. Paul was already saved. But how many know, in order to be saved, you have to humble yourself before God? I get saved because I say, Lord, I'm a mess. And I believe Jesus paid my sins, paid for my sins on the cross. You know, I humble myself and receive the Savior, and I'm born again. That same approach works in all areas of our lives. In Israel, with Asa, with, with Judah, with, with these folks, when they said, Lord, we need your help, that's a humbling statement. Lord, we need your help in this battle. But you, I believe you're strong enough. You're big enough. You're able. That's humbling. When you humble yourself, you enter into God's ability. His grace flows through to you mightily. And, 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 uh, and, and the Lord is saying to Paul here, uh, basically, you, my grace is enough for you. My grace is sufficient for you. It will put you over the top. It will get you victory over, over this, this stupid devil who's trying to mess up your life. And, and this is a, but, but that's interesting that the Lord would say, my grace is sufficient. Why would we ever need to hear that His grace is sufficient or enough, up to the task? Because maybe we believe, maybe we wouldn't say it, but subconsciously we, we believe His grace is insufficient. We're saying, I need more help. I need God to do more. I need him to personally step in here and change this situation. Well, maybe his grace is sufficient. If I will use the grace that he has made available to me, I will overcome. And that's the, that, that is the word for us. There's never a time when God's grace is not enough for us. You, you understand what I mean? Now, if you've been taught religiously, you think that means uh, that God's going to let the devil keep 
pounding on you and His grace is just going to help you make it through. But if you know the power and Word of God, you know grace is an answer that says, yes, here's your victory. It is overcoming power. Whether you're talking about salvation or whether you're talking about standing. Whether you're talking about the enemy wants to crush you and take you down and stop your, your ministry and stop your life. When we access and, and, and use the grace of God, we're propped up again. It's called standing grace. It's the ability of God that says we are not going to bow to these problems. But it is, it is again, looking to Him and not the flesh, not our own, whatever we can think of. He's the healer. He's the victory. He's the answer. And it is His grace that is enough. Amen. And His grace is in abundance, by the way. One time, years ago, I was at the ocean, and I remember looking across the ocean. Have you ever been on, in the ocean, or near it, or on it? It's big. <laughs> There's a lot of water out there. But it, I remember it just dawning on me, looking at the massive ocean. You know, you can't see the end. It's just as far as the eye can see. And I what went off on the inside of me, that's like God's grace right there. There's no way you can use it all. There's, it's sufficient. It's enough to keep your boat up. <laughs> it's enough for what we need. Amen. So let's, let's compare uh, the minuscule issue or thing that we might, that might stand in our way, that little bitty thing, to the ocean of God's grace. Let's get a perspective. Man, that thing in your life doesn't stand a chance. Man, that stupid little demon that's been harassing you. Amen. And we are even going to, in the end, when this is all wrapped up and we see the judgment of Satan, we're going to not be real impressed. As we look at him and say, no, wait, wait, like, serious? That's the, the that's him. <laughs> That's the one who put fear in nations, and that's the one who, that little twerp, when you've got Almighty God, awesome in power and might, and His grace is abundant beyond our comprehension, and He lives in us. If we could see the contrast now, oh, how our faith soars. Oh, how we laugh in the face of defeat. How we laugh at a challenge saying, nothing is too big for our God. He is mighty in us, mighty through us. Amen. Father, thank you for working in us tonight. You're wonderful. You're glorious. You're mighty and powerful. Strong in battle. And Father, we look to you. In all we do, we look to you. We purpose to set our hearts, our mind fully on you and trust you that we always win. We always overcome. We always come out on top. You are the greater one inside of us. And greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. So Lord, we trust you today.
we trust you and we thank you for your amazing, substantial, abundant grace. We look to you. We rely upon you. For when we have need, that's when you show up the best and you make us strong and you make us whole. We give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You guys know this, that even in God's vast size and scope and resource and ability and wisdom, that He's never too busy for us. He's able to work with nations and work with a three-year-old. He's able to run the universe <laughs> and hear every heart's prayer. You're, not bu you're never bugging Him. You ever been around someone that was really busy and you're just like, I don't want to bug them. I don't want to bother them. They got a lot to do. God's got a lot to do and a and, and really wide bandwidth. You totally fit. You know, I was I was talking to a a friend, a pastor, one time a while back, and uh, we're friends, but we're not super close. And and I know he's super busy, and and because uh, I you know I've been there, and I just, and I just I was asking him some questions one day, and and I said I, I know you're you're really busy, so I just want to. And he interrupted me. He said, but yeah, but this is what I want to do. In other words, he's saying I am busy, but yeah, this is what I want to do right here. I want to talk to you. And I thought, oh, cool. And not only does the Lord, is He able to handle all things at once, but you're what He wants to do. He wants to talk to you. So don't ever think, don't ever feel like you're bugging God. This was His idea. Lord, I'd like to talk to you about such and such. Well, He knew you, were one, he knew, he knew you wanted to. And He's prepared for it. His grace is sufficient. Amen. Praise God. Well, the Lord is good. I think we're uh, I think we're about wrapped up for tonight. Everybody good? Let's go ahead and receive our tithes and offerings, and uh, then we'll finish up. Praise God. If you're giving uh, by if you're giving by bucket, uh, they'll come your way momentarily. If you're giving by phone or digitally. Go ahead and do that. We got our project on, on the docket 2018 expansion. So thankful that the Lord deals with everyone that He wants to deal with and it'll all be paid. Father, thank You for a real good offering tonight. Bless the gift and the giver. We receive by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you as you give tonight. And uh, good, good, good. Anything else? Welcome lunch on Sunday. If you're new around Life Church, come on Sunday at 1.15. We want to give you the inside scoop, the secret handshake, and the passcode. And a good lunch. What's for lunch on Sunday? Italiano. <laughs>
pasta and stuff for all those who are coming to the welcome lunch. It's free for you, so come, enjoy. want to tell you about who we are, what we do, why we do it. Love to have you there. Praise God. All right. Well, I can't let you go yet because we're still receiving the offering. So hold on. Moo, doggy. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. I will tell you, while I'm talking, uh, Brother Bill, when's uh, Greg Fritz coming? May. All right. Our next, our next special guest on a Wednesday be May 6th, 7th, and 8th. Well, it's for the school too. So, so it'll just be one night for everybody, unless you're in Bible school. Uh, so what day is that? First Wednesday in May? Is that when it is? All right. Something like that. Greg Fritz will be back. And so that'll be just in a couple months. So nine. Maybe, a, maybe May 9. All right. Look forward to, to that. All right. Blessings on you guys. Next Wednesday we'll have healing.